Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. All right, so I think it's safe to say that the world has gone absolutely crazy. I think it's safe to say. Can I get an amen? I mean, I mean, think about it, right? We're living in unprecedented times. And to be honest, I got to be honest with you, in my spirit, I find that super exciting. I really do. Because I sit there in my recliner, guys, and I think, man, this is the generate. We're we could go home. I've read about it. I've taught it. Are you serious? I'm so excited. I am so excited. But if I'm really being honest, it, it also makes me angry. Oh, no, no, not that the Lord is coming back, but what's going on in our world? It, it really makes me angry um, what's happening in our own country. And I have been bombarded, maybe you have, I have been bombarded with so much fake news, I don't even know what's real anymore. I don't know what truth is, except the Word of God. And some people say, well, this is going to happen. Okay, nothing happened. Well, this is not going to, and, and, and so it's just like, but, but it makes me angry because, well, let me be honest with you, there's a lot of our, our dads and moms and grandpas and who fought for our freedom, who fought for us as U.S. citizens. And it makes me sad. It makes me angry. Guys, we have literally thrown out the Constitution. We have literally thrown it out. And that scares me moving forward. The Constitution was the very thing, the very glue that held us together. And when I think about the future, it makes me sad. So I have all these emotions going on. I'm excited, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Why? Our country, and I'm angry and, and sad. And I'm trying to use all of these emotions as we, we navigate the coming days. Well, as you know, we're in a brand new series, and it's called Are We Living in the last days, and when I posted that on Facebook way back in December, a lot of people, within, yes, we're living in the last, but, but here's my heart. I want you guys to be able to know, like, I, this is how we know. You, you don't want to say yes and be like, yes. It's like, this is how we know. Now, what we must remember, now listen to me, what we must remember is the last days started when Jesus ascended. Okay, so you realize we've been in the last days for over 2,000 years. Okay, so it's not just like, oh, well, it's 2020. That was crazy! 2020, I can't believe it. Say goodbye to 2021. It's just as, no, 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 guys, we've been living in the last days since that. As a matter of fact, guys, the Apostle Peter, jot this down, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 3 and 4 says, knowing this, what's that, Peter? That scoffers will come in the last days. Okay? So Peter, when Peter wrote this, he's saying, listen, in the last days, he, Peter thought he was in the last days. Peter thought the Lord was going to come back. Peter thought, okay, this is it. He said, as a matter of fact, here's what's going to happen. Scoffers are going to come. Scoffers. You know how I know? Linda, you know how I know? Go tell somebody at school Jesus is coming back. Stand up for your faith, and if you don't have a group of friends that believe like you, you'll have some scoffers. Can I get an amen? In our work, in our schools, wherever we are. Really? Really? Jesus is going to come back. He's going to take you away. You're going to die. You know, this is what Peter said. He said, they're going to come walking according to their own lust. Now, here's what they're going to say. Where is the promise of his coming? Where is the promise? Guys, he's been, you guys have been saying that. Becky, you've been saying Jesus is coming since, since you got saved. Come on, where is he? Right? Isn't that what they, where is he? Rosa, where is he? Okay. Liz, where is he? That's what they're saying. For since 
the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. In other words, this is, this is, this is, there's nothing new. There's nothing new. We've had presidents. We have a new president. We have an old prep. Whatever you think. He says, all things are going to continue. Get over it. Just keep moving. Just keep moving. That's, that's the last day. That's what Peter said. Now listen, throughout the word of God, guys, Peter and Paul, they just, they really felt like they were living in the last days. And I know that Peter and the apostle Paul were looking up all the time thinking, he's coming back. I know. I know. 2,000 years. Here we are. And we got Jesse, we got Mel, and we got, we got Bethany, we got, and we're looking up and, is it us? Is it us, Lord? That, th- this is what he's saying. Are we living in the last days? So, so here's my question. How close, Mel, how close are we to the return of Jesus for his bride? How close? You see, last week, guys, if you weren't here last week, we looked deep into the heart of Paul's letter to Timothy. And now we, we only had time to cover the first five points, but if you recall, he says, now listen, here's the last days. He says, people will be lovers of themselves. People's will, they'll love themselves. They'll be the ones that look in the mirror and say, hey, enough about me. Let's talk about you. I mean, that's how much they love themselves. You understand that? They're lovers of themselves. It's, it's about me, right? They're not saying it's all about you, Jesus. You know what they're saying? It's all about me. This is for me, right? And tell me we're not going that way. Tell me we're not going that way where we feel like it's all about us. You'll hear stuff like, instead of walking humbly and broken and seeking others' good welfare, I'm offended. I'm offended at this. I'm offended at that. I'm offended you said this. And listen to me closely, Christian. Because you live a life following to Jesus, that's going to be offensive to some. Ooh, this is good. Number two, he says, he says, we're going to be it. People will be covetous. They'll be covet. They're going to covet their mind for me. We saw that last week. We saw that people will be boasters and proud. Boasters. Look what I did. Look at me. Look at all the stuff I accomplished. Look at that. Listen, listen. We see that in the world, do we not? But what? What Paul's writing to is those are going to be people in the church. People in the church that say, hey, look at me. You like my preaching, bro? Of course. Of course you do. I'm good. Yeah. God couldn't do it without me. Boasters and proud. And proud. And then he said, guys, listen. He said, children will be disobedient to parents. And then he goes on and he says, and people will be unthankful. Why would you not be thankful? Why would you, Eva, why would you not be, why would you, why would you be, I'll tell you why. Listen, because when, when you become, you guys ready? Self-centered, when, when you, egocentric, you lose the gratitude. When you walk in humility, everything is a gift. Everything is a gift. When you walk, your house is a gift. Lord, I don't deserve your shower this morning, which I hope you all took a shower, is a gift. And, and, and we forget to be in the shower and go, Lord, thank you that I have hot water. When we have a donut or we have coffee or we have whatever it might be, those are, those are beautiful gifts from God. But, but sometimes we just think, I deserve those. I deserve those. We have to get our eyes off ourselves and onto the Lord so we could be what? So we can be thankful. But there's going to be a group of people that are unthankful. They're going to go, hey, I deserve this. I deserve this. Well, how does it even work in the church? Could you imagine a minister going, Lord, I'm going to quit because I deserve more people than this. I deserve a bigger church than this. I'm doing your work, Lord, your will. 
Can you imagine? But that's not, that's not God's heart. God's heart says, listen, if you'll reach the one, if you realize that my Lord Jesus is sitting right here with his, with his heart and, and, and it's an audience of one, when you worship, when you worship, when you worship, you're singing to an audience of one. And we can get so convicted, guys, we can get so blown away because we're like this. And the Lord's like, are you worshiping me? We have to make a conscious effort to go, man, I need to worship the Lord. I need to worship the Lord. And no one else matters. And that's not only here, guys. That's all the time. I want people to think you're crazy even more than they do now. Because I want you to worship in your car. I want you to worship in your house. If your neighbor's a peeping Tom, hopefully there's not any. But if your neighbor likes to peep and see, he's, they're going to see just worshiping. Worship, just worshiping God. He's the only one that deserves our worship. But we'll worship other stuff, won't we? Come on, somebody, come on. We'll worship other stuff, won't we? Well, we worship. We, we worship sports teams. Go, 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 go. Yay! We'll worship relationships. He's the only one that needs to be worshipped. Listen to me. When Jesus is number one in your heart, everything else will be, will be, man, when he's your all in all, everything else will fall into place. I promise. I promise. Joe, is life going to be easy? No. It's not going to be easy. But it'll, it'll be in place because he's, he's, he's sovereign and he's God. And here's what, here's what you need to understand, okay? God loves you so much that his sovereignty, there's no darkness in him. He's not looking going, watch what I do to Alex and Amanda. Watch. They did, watch. Watch this. That's not God. That's us. That's us. That's God. In him is no darkness and he wants, I want the best for them. I want to show them how beautiful I am. I want that relationship to work because that's a picture of my relationship with Christ. I want that. I want that. Well, I've already preached half the sermon. I'm not even in the notes. Uh, this morning we're going to finish up Paul's letter, guys, to Timothy. We're going to finish up, okay? So Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, read with me if you don't mind. Paul says to Timothy, but know this. That in the last days, perilous times will come. Your attention, please. That word perilous means stressed out. I think it's safe to say that we're in times of stress. Amen? Okay? It's stressful to wear a mask. It's stressful not to wear a mask. It's stressful to be pushed into a vaccine. It's stressful not to be pushed. It's stressful for the election. It's, 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 all of, it's just stress. This is above and beyond your everyday stresses of trying to make a living, right? Trying to maintain a relationship. Trying to, to build on that relation. All of this is just normal stresses. Then add all of this other stuff. Are we living in the last days? Absolutely. Hey, in the last days, perilous times will come. Why are, we so, why are we tripping? Paul told us it's going to be stressful. We go, okay. You know what it does? It goes, we're in the last days. We're in the last days. Well, what happens, Ben? Okay, let's keep reading. He says, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Man, think about that. Lovers of money. Isn't that what it all kind of stems down to? At the end of the day, it's like, follow the money. And what I don't understand, help me, church, I don't understand, if you're willing to destroy the world for money, what are you going to spend it on? If you're willing to destroy the economy for money, what are you going to spend? Where are you going to be? Lovers of money. Sorry, I get excited. Boasters. Proud, blasphemies, uh, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Notice what he says in verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power. Listen, Timothy, from such people... Turn away. 
turn away. We ended up last week at number five. Let me give you number six. In the last days, church, people will be unholy. Unholy. Okay? Webster defines unholy as this, sinful and wicked. That's what it means. Okay? So so if you, you were to take it one step further, it's denoting an alliance with potentially harmful implications between two or more parties that are not natural allies. Another term is, he says, ungodly. Okay? So he says, in the last days, you're going to have an alliance with potentially harmful, what? Implications. Sinful. Wicked. And, and, and here's where, here's where the church gets lost in this. Okay? The Lord Jesus died on the cross and we understand His grace. Can I get an amen? His grace means I don't have to work. His grace means I am under His grace. I'm not under the law. He loves me. I'm going to heaven. But what we do is we take it and we misunderstand that and we say, oh, you know what that does? That means I can do whatever I want to do. No, you can't. You can't do whatever you want to do because that is sin. Well, even if it's sin, it's okay because I'm under... Say it again. I'm under... I'm under... That's what they do. See, and, and Paul says, no, 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 in the last days, you're going to have a lot of people going, I'm under grace, man, I could do, I could do that. I, I, Eva, I could cheat on my taxes. I'm under grace. There's no judgment here. I'm under grace. I could cheat on my wife because I'm under... Oh, really? Try that. See what Nathalie does. <laughs> you know what Nathalie said, by the way? This is just a side note. She said, if that, if that ever happens, one of us is going to die. That's what, I'm not kidding you. I don't think it's going to be her, right? You know what I'm saying? So one of us is going to die. I'm like, okay, got it. That'll never fly in my house. It won't fly in your house. But, but you see, in the last days, what? People will be unholy. They're not going to hold to the things of God. We gotta be careful, church. Listen to me. I love you, and I'm preaching to me as much as you. Be careful what you allow in your eye gate through what you have. Be careful. Because the devil doesn't come in and go, ah! He comes in very subtly, and he'll, and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, the things that used to bring conviction to you don't bring conviction anymore. Oh, well. Sometimes I don't like to be the preacher because, you know, I have to, I have to deal with this first. I'm just like, oh, I don't want to talk about that, Lord. Can't we talk about fun stuff? Can we be? It's like, no, the Bible says in the last days there's going to be unholy people. And I'm going, not in my church. And the Lord says, look at yourself. And I'm like, oh, Lord, please forgive me. Forgive me. But guys, come on. We have to look at our hearts and and we don't want to we don't want to use grace as a license to do whatever we want to do and 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 we we want to we want to please god we want to please god that's 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 the last day how do you know we're living in the last days cuz people in the church guys people in the church they're not being faithful to jesus and they're choosing to live a selfish life and they claim grace when they're in sin. Many times, guys, I stand behind this pulpit and I beg you and I say, guys, we're not only in the last days, we're in the final stages, okay? In other words, we're not only in overtime, we're in the last minutes of overtime, okay? You understand that. You go, amen. Amen. So that doesn't mean that, Rose said, that doesn't mean we all just, we all just bundle up here and we just wait for the Lord. Okay, we're in the last days. Let's, we gotta still work. We still gotta do, we gotta tell people about Jesus. We still gotta work. Can I get an amen? Okay, but we're in the very last days. We're at the very last stages. I believe that the trumpet could sound at any moment. I believe, I'm ready. Okay, Lord, right now would be awesome. Well, he, Bethany said no. He, he, didn't, he didn't blow the trumpet. Why not? 
I'll tell you why. Because there's people out there that still need to hear the word real quick. And his grace is like, man, I would love to come and get you right now. I'd love to. But we got work to do. That's what Paul said. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. For me to live, I got to tell people about Jesus. I got to tell people about you. I got to tell them about the, the grace, the hope. I got to tell you how, how the Holy Spirit transforms you from the inside out. It's amazing. I got to tell you about that. And if I were to die, man, praise God. Praise God. But I want you for a second to look at, look at the church as a whole. We have churches full of unconverted people who continue to live just like the rest of the world. As a matter of fact, Jesus, my Jesus taught us this parable. Matthew chapter 13, you guys, it'll be on the screen. Matthew 13, here's what he says. And another parable Jesus put forth to them saying, okay, here's Jesus speaking, guys. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while the man slept, the enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. And the servant said to him, do you want us to go and gather them up? He said, no, 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 no. Lest while you gather them up, the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow until the harvest. At the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather the tares and bind them into bundles to burn them and then gather the wheat into my barn. Your attention, please. There are people in churches all over the world that are not saved. And they've been going to church. They've been going to church. The Lord says there's going to be wheat and there's going to be tares, and they look exactly alike. They look exactly alike. What I love about that is he says, hey, you want, you, do you want us to go and rip out the tares? He goes, no, 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 because there's a, there's a danger in that. There's a danger. You can uproot the wheat too. Just leave them there. And I love that the Lord says, leave them there. Why? Because the Bible says the teaching of the word never returns void. And I have had people in this church who have sat for years upon years upon years upon years, all of a sudden get convicted and surrender their lives to Jesus. I'm astounded. I'm like, what? I Seriously. And they're like, yeah, you know what? I just... And I know that God is using that. But I also know that there's people that come into church that, that they're unconverted, right? And they're living just like the world. They're living just like the world. That's what he says. He says at the end of the age, you guys ready? He says, then they're going to gather the tares and the wheat are going to be different. Now, here's what you, we need to see, okay? Here's what we need to see. In the last days, Adam, in the last days, The Lord is going to separate his bride with the rest of the world. And you will have people who you wouldn't think, the elect, it says, will denounce the Lord. Eh. Are not people coming out of the woodwork that you thought were bona fide Christians saying, oh no, I, I support the killing of babies. Or I support all of this stuff, all the stuff that's, that's, that's against the word. And you're like, not, not him. He was my favorite singer. Not her. That was my favorite actress. Not her. That was... And it blows your mind. But it's, it's a separation. And so what I'm telling you guys is, is, is finish well. We're almost there. We're almost there. Okay? There's a few of us that are tired. And we're, that's where the rest of us need to come and say, man, we're, we're, going this, we're going to do this together. Come on, finish well. Finish well. And so 
That's the last days. There's going to be unloving. But, but number seven, he says, in the last days, now check this out. This blows my mind. He says, people are going to be without natural affection. Without natural affection. Another one is unloving. Why? Because the new, or just the King James Version uses the term without natural affection. Okay? Without natural affection. Now, when I did a research and I did some studies, two things popped out. One of them was without natural affection toward the opposite sex. Okay, there's, there's not that, that natural affection towards that. You guys know what I'm talking about. That's one. He talks about that in Romans. But he also says, but, but in the last days, he says, basically, here's the Greek word. The Greek word is osteregio, okay? And it's, and it characterized basically, uh, many pagans of the ancient world. Significantly, it also prophesied to be a characteristic of the humanistic pagans at the end of times. In the last days, men shall be without natural affection. And that's what he's saying. He's saying that this is going to be a characteristic where we have no natural affection for our children or our parents or our siblings. There's not that that bond anymore. And we can see that early on from the killing of babies. And we can see that with people going, oh, you know what? Those are your parents. Eh. What'd they ever do for me? Well, for children. You know what this pandemic revealed, guys? And I got to be careful. This pandemic revealed that there was a lot of people that are raising children, but they can't spend any time with them, if you know what I mean. Because once we were on lockdown, once we were in quarantine, do you realize that child abuse just skyrocketed? Where's that natural affection? Where's that, this is my, these are my kids. They're gifts from God. They're amazing. I, I also think, church, we got to be careful because that can happen with spouses too. That natural affection, that one time where it's like, I mean, think about it. That one time when, when, when he walked in the room and you went, or she walked in the room and you were just like, eventually we can just kind of get. And you see your wife walk in the room and you're like, hey, what's up? We gotta be careful because in the last days, the, the, the spirit of just that unnatural affection. Uh, again, guys, what does he say? Well, we won't have that natural affection. You know what Jesus said, Mel? You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, people will know you're my disciple by the love you have towards one another. By the love, by you going out with that, that, that extra step, by you thinking of others before you. And it's not about you. You go, man, no, 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 it's not even about me. You're going to see that so much. You're going to see people step out and just, whoo, you're going to see that. And guess what? By you doing that, you're going to offend some. It surely, even surely bring conviction. You go, why? Because it always implicates us when somebody else is doing what we should be doing. Oh, stop loving her like that. Stop being so godly. Oh, all he wants to do is pray. He just prays. Oh. Number eight. In the last days, people will be despisers of those that are good. Those that are good. Look at verse three again, guys. Look at verse three. He says, Unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, but he says this, despisers of good. Do you guys see that? Despisers of good. In the last hours before the Lord comes back, we're going to see all people, including believers, will not take rebuke or correction for the wrong they're doing. 
You know what I mean? Man, we have seen several people stand up for what's right and be rebuked by believers. We've seen people with what we call, guys, a double standard. They will say one thing and do another. And when they're called out, they're despisers of good. They're despisers of good. I mean, think about that, guys. Think about that. There's coming a time when people will not adhere to even correction. As believers, we may be walking down the wrong path, and somebody will come and say, Hey, bro, hey, listen, if you're going down this path, you're going to end up in, in, in the ditch, man. You're going, to end up, you're going to end up hurt. And immediately we become defensive and we say, Bro, worry about, you know, what do we say? What do we say? Help me. Judge not, lest you be judged. Don't judge me. You, no, 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 I'm not judging you, bro. I'm just, I'm just saying I've, I've been down. No, 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 no. And we get real defensive, don't we? We get real defensive. And I think in the last days you see that happening. Because what happens, guys, in Bible teaching churches across the country, Bible teaching churches, the Holy Spirit does something so beautiful. It begins to read our hearts and it begins to convict us in the areas we need conviction. And as it does that, here's what we do. If we don't like the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we tend to blame the pastor, the church, and we leave the church. Well, I didn't like that church because the pastor said this. And he was talking right at me. And he looked right at me. I don't like that church. I'm going somewhere else. That's the, that's, that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. We go, oh, Lord, where am I with you? Oh, thank you, Lord. Please forgive me. I didn't realize this. I didn't, Wow. That says this in the word? Are you, I mean, and, and, and that's what we do, guys. We, 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 oh, okay, 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 yeah. Wow, that's, that's it. Listen, I'm not talking about going around pointing out people's sins. Okay, I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about warning a brother or sister of a potential life-changing action. And in the last days, many will still walk away from that. Oh, Lord, give us hearts that are teachable. I want you to, okay, okay, stay with me for just a second, okay? Stay with me for just a second. Every one of you is a tender seed, put into a beautiful pot of soil so that you can grow. And the Lord waters it, and you get sun. And what happens is you begin to grow. Now, listen, when, when, when you're, you're this big in the Lord, you're still, you have so much more to grow. And never once have I seen a little plant go, that's enough. I'm good. We have to grow. And he wants us to grow and grow. You go, but, but when, do we, when do we finish growing? When you die. When you die. So if you're uh, Joe's age or younger, we're still growing. We're, we will grow for... I, here's what I love about Pastor Chuck. Pastor Chuck, before he died, Pastor Chuck probably forgot more than I know. You guys know what I'm talking about? And he was still growing and learning. And he would read scripture and go, whoa, I didn't see that. And I'm like, you preached the Bible like 80, 100 times over. Are you kidding me? You know Pastor Chuck, right? So I want to be always growing. I want to always be growing. How do we grow? Can I give you the law of 33? Can I give you the law of 33? Okay. 33% of your friends, 33% you should be mentoring you should be a leader to them, 33% of people. Okay, I want to pour into you, 33. 33 of your peers you should be walking in, okay? People who are helping you grow, boom. People you text, hey, how's it going, how you doing? People who, who love you, 33. And then you should have 33% of people that are your mentors, people that you look up to. So the first 33, first 33, you go, these are people who are not at your same level, but they can still teach you. 
You guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, wow. It's when we get prideful and go, what do these guys can teach me? They can teach me nothing. I already know. Listen, I've been teaching the Bible for a little bit. No, no, no. I've seen God use that. I'm like, wow. But then I get my, I get around my peers, my, my 33, and I'm just like, wow, do you think that? That's cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then I get to the 33 where I go, man, this is where I want to, this is where I need to grow. This is where I need to grow. It was uh, Timothy in chapter 3, verse 16. You guys know this. He says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Yeah, that's the whole purpose of the word, to correct us. Right? It's almost like the Lord is a, a beautiful GPS, man. You're going the wrong way, and it says recalculating route. You know, don't go that way. Recalculate. Oh, I better go this way. Okay. You're on the right, right? You ever do that? Whenever Natalie and I, man, I'll tell you what, whenever we have the GPS on and, and we're trying to find somewhere, nine times out of ten, we get lost. I'm telling you. I, I, sweetie, am I supposed to turn here? I don't know. Am I? I don't know. We'll go straight. It's recalculating route. I'm like, oh. It's so frustrating. And then we celebrate when we actually get there on time. You know what I mean? We're like, we We did it. Um, Soph remembers this. Soph, do you remember when we went to Florida? <laughs> and we had the GP, the guy actually, first time he came, he's like, hey, do you guys, do you want our GPS? And we were like, yeah, so cool. So we got our rent a car, me and Soph got it in there. We put it on and, and we were looking for a Cuban restaurant that was supposed to be good. We ended up in a neighborhood. We really, and I'm like looking at Soph going, I don't think that, is that, he's like, I don't know, man, I don't know. I don't know what we did wrong, but we were lost. We had GPS. Yeah, GPS was wrong because we ended up in the wrong place. This GPS is not wrong, guys, when it corrects you. It's what? It's for correction and for training in righteousness. So when you're headed down the wrong path and it says, hey, 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 stop going down that path, recalculating, that's when we listen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You guys need to realize that although your pastor is an instrument, it's God's Holy Spirit that teaches you. It's God's Holy Spirit. They go, oh, wow, 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 wow. Here's a good one, guys. Number nine. In the last days, Paul says, people will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. I get an amen. Ooh, isn't that good, right? The, the word, guys, the words, lovers of pleasure, is translated in the Greek. Check this out. It's philodonos. Philodonos, okay? P-H-I-L-O-D-O-N-O-S. Philodonos. That's the Greek. You go, why is that important? Because it's a compound of two words. You go, what do you mean? It's the compound of philo, right? Phileo and hedonos, which we get our word hedon or hedonistic, right? Pleasure. And he says, the first word, phileo, right, is well known. It conveys the ideas of affection and brotherly love, and it can donate affection so deep, listen to me, that it even embraces the idea of romance, that is, it's from the same root word to kiss. So when it says, okay, you are going to be lovers. It's not that, that you go, listen, we use that word silly, don't we, love? Because we say, Nathalie, I love you. But I also love pizza. Well, do you love Nathalie the same way you love pizza? I hope not. You guys understand that, right? So we use it, we sort of interchangeably. I love, I don't love this, I love this. Now, now, now listen, this is like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I love that. It's that romance and pursuit, and but the word hedonos is pleasure, hedonos, right? And what Paul is saying, he's saying, and in the last days, now, now help me out, guys, is there going to be people so much, so excited 
They will do, they will love pleasure. Whatever brings pleasure to them more than they love God. Whatever, I mean, this is, I mean, guys, this is, this is amazing. This is amazing. And the truth is there has never been a generation in history with more material goods or comfort than in our generation. And we have to be so careful. Why? Because yet despise everything we have, do you realize that we are the most unhappy people in the world? And if I just had it, I could be a little bit more happy. And then you get it, and you go, no, I'm not the happy. If I could just have that, I could be happy. I could be happy. The reason why, guys, is because that pleasure doesn't satisfy. It doesn't that. See, when you love God, I'm going to say it again, when you love God, everything falls into place. Everything falls into place. And whether you're driving an old beat-up beat up vehicle or you're driving a brand-new vehicle or you're pedaling a bike, if you love God, you're happy. You're happy. It's all perspective, guys. But what we have been conditioned, everybody say conditioned. What we have been conditioned through television is that you're not happy unless you have this product. Okay? Hey, you want, you want the beach body? Here's what you got to do. Beep, 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 beep. I want that. Hey, listen, your 36-inch TV, it's not big enough. You want the 72-inch, don't you? Can you see me? No, honey, I can't really see the TV. Well, then we need, you guys see, you see what I'm saying? And then we get the 72-inch and we're like, are you happy? No. Because I heard there's an 84-inch. You guys see what you, this, and again, this is going on in the world because we have been conditioned since we were little. Saturday morning cartoons. What do they do? You, you need this. You need this. You need this. You got to be happy. This is what makes you happy. They never say, listen, put your faith and trust in Jesus and you'll be happy. And when you get something, Eva, when you're blessed, you go, thank you, Jesus. I don't deserve this, but thank you, Lord. Thank you. And you know what? Here's what gratitude does. Mel, here's what gratitude does. You ready? When you get something, you're like, thank you, Lord. And then you want to give away stuff. You don't want to hold on to it. You're like, God bless me with this. <sighs> I, I, who needs this? Who, I, I, thank you. Here, take that. Take that. And the Lord's like, let me bless you over here. Now, listen, let me, let me see if I can illustrate it this way, guys. Let me see if I can illustrate it this way. Nathalie spoils my granddaughter more than I do. And if you believe that, you're silly. I spoil my granddaughter because... Now, listen, let me just give you a disclaimer, okay? When Talia was little and I told her when she has grandkids, I was going to do this. I mean, I, I told her, okay? So I'm fulfilling what I said. But what I try to teach my granddaughter is even though I'm buying her stuff, I want her to be able to have a heart to get rid of stuff. And so we'll say, well, you know what? Listen, Grandpa's going to bless you. He's going to bless you. But there's also kids out there that need and want. I mean, they'll be happy to have a little dolly. So I'm really trying to what? I'm trying to reach her heart. Her heart of gratitude. Listen, you, you need to give. And so we'll go in her room and she'll start looking. No doubt, right? This is my little precious, this is my little precious angel. She'll start looking for stuff she has never played with. Oh, this grandpa? Right? Cause isn't that what we do? Isn't that what we do? Well, I haven't touched that and well, the Lord could use that. And what I try to see is, hey, let's, let's give something that means something to you. Oh, no, Grandpa. No, because this, I, and we do that. We do that. And she's teaching us a lot about ourselves. Because what we should do is we should go, listen, let's just give it away. Because 
our Heavenly Father is going to bless us even more. He's going to give it away. What if he doesn't? That's okay. It's okay because watch what God will do. That's what God. You guys see, that's what he's trying to get to our heart. And, and, and again, think about, what, think about what's going on in the last days, and you can see it, man. Guys, you can see it. It's, it's like they're going to be lovers of pleasure, but here's what we should do. We should be more, you and I should be more lovers of God, and we should just have an attitude of gratitude. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you give me. And I know it's hard. Trust me. If you came to my house, Joe, and you said, I want your TV, I'd probably say no. That's how hard it is. Oh, why, why does Joe want my TV? You have one, Joe. I see in your house. Now, Pastor Ben, I want, I'm just testing your heart. I want to see if you can give me TV. Well, you're just playing. You're just, you're just playing, bro. No. What a blessing it is when we do just say, hey, take it. Take it. Number 10. In the last days, you ready? People will have a form of godliness. Only a form of godliness, right? But they're going to deny the power of the Holy Spirit. They'll look like a Christian. They'll act like a Christian. Here's what I want you to do. Ready? I'm going to test you. Everybody, on the count of three, say hallelujah. One, two, three. See, you guys know how to do it. There you go. Hallelujah. Amen. Right? Or we can say praise the Lord. How's it going? Praise the Lord. We can look like a Christian on the outside. In the last days, there's going to be many people that will be like, hallelujah, praise God. But he says they're going to deny, you guys ready? The power, they're going to deny. The Apostle Paul describes the nature of, of people in the last days. Now, I'm bringing them out to you so you can see, oh my goodness, we're in the last days. Jesus could come back today. Okay? Because there's going to be people in and out of the church who have a form of godliness and who make an outward display of religion. They present themselves as godly, but it's all for show. It's all for show. There's no power behind their religion and actually evidenced in their life that that they've changed. There's not. They speak of God, and yet they live in sin. We call them, popular term, a Christian atheist. You guys know what I'm talking about? We claim to know Jesus, but we live like there's no God. That's going on. That's how you know we're in the last days. That's how you know. Because they'll have people that'll be like, yep. But you look at their life and you go, okay, I'm confused. I'm confused. Now, listen, I'm not talking about us stumbling in our walks. Because we all do. We all stumble. We all say the wrong thing at the wrong time. We all, we just do. I'm talking a blatant, I live like there is no God. I live for me. But I claim to be a Christian. Am I preaching to anybody? Do you guys, have you ever seen that? In the, you've seen those, right? You've seen people like that. And in the last days, they're going to be more prevalent, more prevalent, more prevalent. And the Bible says, hey, man, turn away from those. Turn away from those. This is what he says. I hate to use this illustration because it makes me look like a... Anyways, but this is the best way. This is the best way, okay? When I was a young teenager... Okay, I was about, well, I would say 17 or 18. Okay, you, okay. so y'all better not judge. Say, I'm not going to judge you, Pastor. I'm not going to judge me, okay? I fell in love with a 1982 candy apple red Chevy Camaro. Ooh, man, that thing had beautiful rims. It had louvers. It had a spoiler. 
You know, Mel, what I could do with that car? Ooh, man. Now, I'm just a young kid, right? I have a nice car. I have a decent car. But it's not, it, 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 it's not, it's not a girl magnet, okay? It's not. It's a sensible car. I'm a teenager. I want the candy apple red camera. I want that, man. That's good. So I go home. I say, Dad, Dad, I found a new car. I think it's awesome. Could I have, Dad, could I have it, please? It's, it's candy apple. It's amazing. I'll work hard. I promise I'll, I'll make the payment. My dad had the wonderful discernment to say, mm, probably not a good idea. This is a good car. The, you're making the payments. It runs great. Great gas mileage. He was thinking practical. You know what I was thinking? Fleshly. Because I look good in a car. So he said, no. You know what I did? I went behind his back. I snuck into his room one night, pulled out his driver's license from his wallet while he slept, filled out the credit application because I couldn't get it on my own. We were approved because he had good credit. Your pastor did this. Hey, Dad, guess what? Everything's approved. All you have to do is sign. Well, my dad loved me enough that he's like, okay, you want to learn the lesson? Learn the lesson. So we drove up, we traded in the blue car, and got the candy apple red Camaro. You know what the problem with that car was? It was a four-cylinder engine. You go, what does that mean? It had no power. It had no power. And because it was a four-cylinder engine, the value of it was, I mean, the moment I drove it out the lot, it was worth nothing. You guys tracking with me? But it looked good. It looked good on the outside. But basically, it was worthless. Because you don't put four-cylinder engines in a Camaro. That should be a sin. It had a form. It looked like it was fast. It looked like it was. It could move, and it couldn't. And the value of that, guys, was... And you promise not to judge. I don't want to hear another word of it, okay? I learned my lesson. Yvonne? <laughs> she's, smi- she's smiling like I know. I learned my lesson. I learned it, Okay? Thank God we traded that in or something. I don't even know what happened to it, but I was like, Pfft. I learned it. Yeah, I learned it. it. That's exactly what Paul says. It's gonna, you're, he's going to look like, praise God, amen. but it's going to be a four-cylinder engine. The value is not there. He says that's going to happen in the last days in people. That's going to happen. I guess the question that, that I'm trying to get through, guys, is are we living in the last days? And I don't mean that in a general sense that, of course, Pastor. No, no. You see, Peter and Paul believed they were living in the last days. They believed it. How much more should we? And the reason I'm bringing this series is because I want to prepare your hearts for what's going to happen next. And you go, well, Ben, what if, what if the Lord doesn't come back for 10 more years? I still want to prepare your heart to have the best 10 years of your life. To have a life of joy and peace and hope. That's why I want to pray. But if he comes back in the next five minutes, we want to be ready. And there's got to be a world. So, so here's the point. The point is if somebody says, hey, Adam, how do you know we're living in the last days? Adam goes, let me show you in the Bible. Man, people are lovers of themselves. Have you seen that? Yeah. Lovers of money. Oh, yeah, we've seen that. Look at, look at all the corrupt people in the world. Look what's going on here. Look what they're doing. And, and, and he can go the list all the way down. Don't use my illustration, though, okay? Just you forget about it. Forget about it. How much more should we? As we close, next week, next week, guys, we're going to see what's going to happen next. What's going to happen next? And we're going to be sitting here, and we're going to be worshiping, and you're going to hear this beautiful trumpet from your spirit, 
And in a half a blink, you're going to be you're going to be with the Lord. Here's the benefits of living with Jesus. No more tears. No more cancer. No more COVID. No more brokenness. Listen, guys, listen, listen. Do you realize, let me see, do you realize that, I, that, that our hospital here, UMC, is at capacity? Not with COVID, but with emo- emotionally distressed people that are needing some help. That, that's, that, that's, what, that's the news article. They're at capacity with people going, I can't take, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen. I can't take tomorrow. Please help. Give me some therapy. And we're at capacity because, listen, it's been a long year. But the people who are better are the ones that are in church the ones that are listening to the word, the ones that have a relationship with Jesus. But we're there, guys. We're there. And so next week, we're going to see what happens next. What happens next? Because if we're living in the last days, there's going to be scoffers. You need to know. Say, hey, no, you know what? Because there's going to be people telling you, Rosa and Jim, there's no rapture. The Bible doesn't say, the word rapture is not even in the Bible. Say, no, 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 let me show you. Here's what Paul told them. And if Paul was not talking about a harpazo, why, why do we have it in the canon of Scripture? What, what would it be? When did he harpazo? When? Because from the time he ascended till now, we haven't had a great harpazo, have we? But people will tell you there's no rapture. There's no rapture. We're going to look at that next week. Today, be encouraged. Be encouraged. We're in the last days, but only God knows when he's coming. Only God knows when else is going to be. Our job is just to serve the Lord, to love people. Love them in the kingdom, man. Love them in the kingdom. That's our job. Tell people, encourage people, pour into people's lives. That's our job. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word today and the truth in your word. We thank you for your great love. And Father, I pray specifically right now for those watching online. I thank you for them. I pray, Lord, for a heart, Lord, just to be on fire for you. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would just hear the call of God right now and say, Lord, forgive me. I'm moving forward with you. I believe in you. I'm yours. I'm saved. I pray for that. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for this series. We look forward to what you have for us on Wednesday night. I thank you that we can sing to you in worship. And I even thank you for a fairly warm room, even if it's cold outside. So, Jesus, thank you. We open up our heart for those of us in here. We open up our heart and we say, thank you, Lord. Let us have an attitude of gratitude. Let us lift each other's up in prayer. And let us walk in holiness and humility. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.